Shalom, and welcome to the UMJC Weekly Torah Commentary Series. I'm Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuvah Yisrael. This Thursday, we begin the third week of counting the Omer, and we'll be focusing on peace and patience, two of the fruits of the Spirit. To follow along with the rest of the UMJC community in counting the Omer together, download your free print-at-home Omer journal at umjc.org. So as we count the Omer this week, we're examining the midot, or character traits, of peace and patience. The apostolic witness refers to these as the fruit of the Spirit, or the character that we demonstrate when we live by God's highest standards as presented in Torah and guided by the Spirit of Hashem. But the practice of Musar and the apostolic Instruction do not present these as magic manifestations, but rather the result of an ongoing attempt to be image bearers of the Holy Blessing One. I have found that the fruit of patience and peace are most evident when I allow myself to live in a place that I like to call calm. In the fall of 1985, Hurricane Gloria worked its way up the eastern coast of the United States eventually crossing the Long Island Sound and passing over Milford, Connecticut, where I resided with my family. To the best of my knowledge, I had never before seen a Category 4 hurricane, or for that matter, anything close to it. So as the storm was developing over the small beach community, I drove to a public beach and parked in the empty municipal lot. As I trudged toward the beach, I fought my way through the driving winds and rain, I was able to get within about 100 yards of where low tide should have been before being hit with the spray of the crashing waves. This was the end of my misplaced bravado, and I ran back to my car and drove toward home and high ground. So from the relative safety of the third floor of our steel-framed apartment complex, we spent hours observing the storm and its many vicissitudes. Then the unexpected occurred. The eye of the storm passed over Milford. The winds subsided, the rain reduced to a drizzle, and the sky took on a strange luminescence, surrounded by an ominous frame of dark threat. It was then that I had an odd epiphany. Calm is an actual place, a strange and unfamiliar place. I don't generally do calm, and I certainly don't do it all that well. I hadn't really known that because I had never before been uh, in that place. I had always been good at fighting through and surviving life struggles, but I never actually patiently sat in the eye of a storm before. I really didn't know if I liked it, but I reckoned that it was certainly a lot safer than walking in the storm. It was like being unable to scratch an itch and yet learning how to ignore it. I previously understood calm as a condition that certain other people had, an innate passivity. I learned that that calm is not only a place, but also one that requires active occupation. I have spent the last 37 years trying to get a little more comfortable in the place called calm. Here are a few of the lessons that I've learned since. First ceding control. This means letting go of trying to control things over which you have no control anyway. I believe one of the prime causes of our anxiety is our wanting things to be different than they are. 
Yes, we all want a peaceful world instead of a world filled with weapons of mass destruction. And yes, we all want health instead of illness. Yes, we all want healthy, happy children instead of children who break our hearts from time to time. But sometimes life doesn't hand us what we necessarily want. When we stop needing it to all be a certain way, we can breathe a sigh of relief and open the door to a more powerful way of living. Two, regaining control. When we fully understand that you have little control over the external world, we then have two choices. Either we can choose to see ourselves as victims at the mercy of circumstances, or we can choose to develop the trust that no matter what happens in lives, in our lives or in the world, we will have the inner strength to create something good from it all. I have found one way to develop personal trust is to cut off negativity by saying over and over again, whatever happens in my life, I'll handle it. So when the what-ifs are driving me crazy, I simply cut them off by saying over and over again, whatever happens, I'll handle it. I've actually learned at times to handle it and to get some sleep in the interim. Three, embracing the experience. Yes, you can learn to find strength from anything that happens to you. So despite what's happening in your life and in the world, constantly reminding yourself, I can learn from this. When you can see the opportunities inherent in all situations, good or bad, it truly helps you embrace all the uncertainty in your life. A prayer that I have found God will always answer when prayed sincerely is this, Father, please accept me as I am with all of my idiosyncrasies and foibles. Help me to grow from my mistakes and take my imperfections so that I might be of maximum service to you and others. Four, trusting God. Oops, who inserted that platitude? Can we honestly say everything is happening perfectly? When the world appears to be going to hell in a handbasket, despite poverty, illness, and global anxiety, we can truly begin looking for the good in any situation that life hands us. So why add the act to the angst? When we look for good, we always find it. Yes, so much good can come from so much that is bad. In that respect, everything truly is happening perfectly. Besides, God really can use all the things for good. So when things seem very difficult in your life or in the world, I just keep reassuring myself that God is in control, that the chief architect has not only created the world but maintains it as well. I have a friend who likes to say when the king is on the throne, I don't have to bear the weight of the world on my shoulders. Finally, number five, get involved. The fact that God's in control does not negate my responsibility to get involved. Positive action has an amazing effect on our psyche. As we take action, we begin to feel more powerful and our fear about the future decreases considerably. I like to think to myself, my life has purpose and I will do whatever I can to improve my small corner of the universe. Or in the words of Rabbi Tarfon from Perche Avot, it is not for you to complete the task, but neither are you free to desist from it. 
It is not easy to stay in this strange, mysterious place called Khan. Outside its oddly luminous confines are dark clouds that need to be dealt with. I have found that when I cede control over creation to the Creator, I can regain control of my own inner sanctum and even make a difference in the small corner of the world that I cohabit. And I don't have to do it alone. It takes a lot of work for me to stay in a place called calm, and I am not sure that I always like it. But it is certainly safer than the storm. This is Rabbi Paul Saul signing off and wishing you good days of counting the Omer and Shabbat Shalom. For more commentaries like this one, visit umjc.org forward slash commentary.